Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Gem Accessories. Gem Accessories is one of the leading accessory manufacturers within the trading card game space. Known for their deck boxes, Gem also has an amazing lineup of binders, backpacks, and more. Some of our personal favorites include the new KLRZ Icons deck boxes, the Secrets Binder, and the Jaguar and Puma backpacks. But don't just take it from us, check out some of these reviews on screen. For all these amazing products and more, be sure to check out Gem Accessories using the link in the description down below, or on Twitter at XGemAccessories. Again, the description down below or on Twitter at XGem Accessories. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special uh, festive Christmas episode of the Top Cut Yu Gi Oh! podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. I have my wonderful co-host with me, Caleb. Hello. And of course, I am Sunny. So, uh, we all want to wish you very first off a very merry Christmas. So, uh, we are wearing our nice festive holiday yes. clothes, and we are really excited. It, it, and uh, also, happy holidays to those who do not celebrate Christmas. What he said. So, this is indeed the night before, right before the night before Christmas. Uh, <laughs> we are coming to you. I, I guess this will be the twenty. 20- third when this episode comes out give or take yes so uh we are just forewarning everybody we're taking the next episode off normally we would record on sunday but sunday is christmas day so we're gonna then i'd have to come in after recording and do an edit at like after midnight yeah, okay, yeah, if we record on, that on Monday, Monday evening, yes, because you're probably not going to get home until after 10. I'm off work Monday. Oh. Hmm. Theoretically, we might make something work, but don't eh. expect one. Don't expect an episode. D- don't expect it. Just do not expect an episode. So, but uh, I wanted to get that out of the way early. Yeah. So, but before we get too much farther, a huge thank you to all of our wonderful sponsors, especially... Uh, 
uh, who's the one for this episode? Gem Accessories. Thank you so much to Gem Accessories for sponsoring this particular episode of the podcast. You saw their advertisement earlier. Mm -hmm. And of course, be sure to check out the new Puma backpack if they're not already sold out. And if they are sold out, then check out something else on their website. And if you're wondering about those backpacks for the next time that they come on sale, because they always sell out because they're awesome backpacks. They are. On our YouTube channel, for those audio-only listeners, we did do a, a review of that. The I have the Jaguar backpack. Yeah. Now, from from what I've seen with the backpacks, they're all like the same design. They're just different yes. colors. So far, yeah. Yeah. So the there's the original Gemtech backpack with which is like a tan color, and it's that's like a, uh, Puma, I believe. No, Puma's the new one. Oh. The original one, I don't know if the original one has a name, but it's just like a tan canvas yeah. color. Yeah, and because I remember uh, whenever I was doing the Gym Tech ad, there was the Puma, the that one Jaguar, Jaguar, and there's the new one. Puma is the new one. Okay, there's another Again. one. Again, okay. <laughs> there's another one that had a cat name, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. I don't think the other one had a name. There's three total. I would have to go and look at the yeah, ad, There's which... three total. There's the original, there's this one, which is Jaguar, and the one that I have, which is like green yeah. with brown straps. It's very dashing. And the Puma, which is red with, I think, black straps, which is the one that's coming in whenever. Last week. Yeah. But it's extremely cool, and you should definitely try to get one if you don't have one. I highly recommend it. If they're not sold out. And if, again, if they are, buy something else on their website. Download their app. That way you get updates whenever things go for sale. Mm -hmm. So they, they do have the Gem Accessories app you can download. Thank you to all of our other wonderful sponsors, ETB Games, Millennium Threads. There's a discount code for them down below, as well as uh, Gem Accessories. And, of course, Dragon Shield and TCG Player. Thank you all. Uh, if you are interested in getting things from Dragon Shield or TCG Player, be sure to check out our affiliate link, which is in the description down below for both of those websites. Now, we want to thank all of our wonderful patrons who help make this podcast happen. So, a huge thank you to Cam Yang, Dragon Maid Stunzied, Kane Martin, Zyphrus, Yeet the Feet, Blackwing, Silverwind the Ascendant is the best Floodgate, Earth Machine, best deck, Epi, get goaded on these nuts, ya dingus. They're talking to you, Caleb. <laughs> sure they are has anyone actually read toy vendor hgh cyber i'm not a man i'm not a god i am little italy i don't know why i get so much satisfaction out of it's the little italy yeah i like spongebob and that's a great episode of spongebob that i enjoy yes it is i am mclincoln mountain man oatmeal spaghetti owen alvarado pig quitting the game as a floodgate sprite fodder unbanned number 95 konami understanding and reading are two different things virtually savior's world why read many word when few do trick Wait, when few word do trick. True. That is from something. It is from something, but I couldn't sit here and tell you what it's from. Uh, uh, why read many word when few do trick? Oh, this is going to bug me. Hold on. Wait, I'm Googling. Don't worry. Yeah. No, no. I'll Google. You keep reading. It is from... The Office originally? <gasps> I remember now. Is it is it originally from The Office? Yes, I remember now. I can't think of the dude's name. It's the uh the big dude with like the bald spot. Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. It was oh, that was Kevin. Oh, that was that that was Okay, I haven't watched all of The Office, 
Uh, I just got to the Google quicker than you did. That's so, fair. Yeah. But I've heard that a lot. Rogue and Tier 2 are the polite terms for a bad deck. AD, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chap, Cyberdank, Buffer Dragon. Don't listen to the guy who hates rogue decks. He's just salty. He got clapped by Rika. Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Fur Hire, Dog Turd, Heroes, Pebble Cereal, Jerry Beans Man, Cam, the Disciple of Caleb's Waifu Philosophy, King Henry, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, Ray Powell, Santa Claus. I like that. And Sky Striker Maneuver Scoop. Thank you all so much for your continued and festive support of the podcast. Speaking of listen if you're audio only you're missing out on our wonderful christmas outfits including yes. my blinking sweater but i'm gonna have to turn the blinking sweater off because and every time i look down it distracts me because yeah. i'm like a small child i see flashing lights i'm like ooh, yeah and my t-shirt with uh grogu from star wars on it in a santa outfit don't tell them everything oh no there's text on the shirt okay so they have to click the youtube video to find the text correct Right. Okay. Just making sure that uh, we know. For those of you who can't read it, I'm gonna put in the I'm gonna put in the description. Well, if you do that, just put it in the YouTube description. Yeah, yeah. I was putting the YouTube description only. Okay. Okay. Make them go. Make them click the YouTube video. That's right. We want you to click the YouTube video because um, we are uh, desperate for people to subscribe to our YouTube page. So what you can get us for Christmas, besides stuff on our Amazon list, is <laughs> our is to go subscribe to our YouTube. <laughs> I like how you just real quickly, nonchalantly drop that in there. Well, you know, it's, I mean, it's just a thing we have. I'm just saying, it's its there. So, uh, anyway, so let's go ahead and get on into today's main topics. Oh my gosh, I just realized how long that intro was. People that hate the long intros, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. Uh, I'm not that sorry, because it's our podcast and we can do whatever we want. But okay, I'm okay. kind of sorry. Okay, you want to start with new cards or new product? Uh, let's, okay, so let's first talk about Duelist Nexus. Okay, new product. Sort of. So, Duelist Nexus is the next core set after Cyberstorm Access. So, it'll be the first major product release of 2023 for the OCG, but it'll be the third of 2023, the third core set for us. So, we'll get yeah. it in late summertime. So, Duelist Nexus is... Well, in the OCG first core booster pack of 2023, it goes on sale April 22nd of 2023 in the OCG. Yeah, Japan, Korea, and Hong Kong, I think. I think, and Singapore. And Singapore as well, I believe. Yes, and maybe Malaysia. Something like that. Uh, it contains support for old themes as well as brand new themes. The first print of this set will, con will contain the plus one bonus pack as usual. So I guess if you get a first edition booster box, it gets a plus one bonus pack. Yeah. And then quarter century secret rares will replace the un the usual prismatic secret rares, which is the OCG equivalent of starlight rares, to commemorate the 25th anniversary of the Yu-Gi-Oh! official card game. So now as a good... Now, first of all, this is just really cool that, we're getting, that they're getting all this. But uh, as a really good... Because I think it's a really good transition here. It's not, because I have something else I want to say. Oh, go ahead and say it then. This will be the first booster pack of the new era of Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm -hmm. So people look at certain sets as the new eras of Yu-Gi-Oh. For example, you have the Lost Millennium was the start of the GX era. What was the start of 5Ds? I don't remember. Uh, Stardust Assault? No, it was before that. Because the first thing that I think of is Duelist revolution 
Maybe. But D-Rev was late because D-Rev is after Edison format. Yeah. So it was after Shining Darkness, after Light of Destruction. Um, it oh, had, gosh. Yeah, it, was the, it was the set with... Stardust Dragon. Yeah. Duel's Genesis. Duel's Genesis. Genesis. I almost had to I almost had to do it. So you had um Lost Millennium, Duelist Genesis. Genesis. Uh the one that released Leviathan Dragon and Levier the Sea Dragon. Generation Force. Yeah. Duelist Alliance. And I can't tell you the ones for Pendulum and Link. I I, I can't. I don't know that. Yeah, because that was I mean not for Link. Du- Pendulum was Duelist Alliance. Yeah, for uh, yeah, I have no idea. It's probably like Cyberstorm Madness, maybe something to do with Vrains. Yeah, I, I couldn't I tell know. you, but what I do know is this will be the next. Right, thing. this is the next one, and there's no no mention of a new mechanic to go with it. Yeah, there's no mention of Master Rule Six, so I don't think we're getting it. Right, I think that we could get the announcement of some kind of a new core ruling change at some point, but. I don't think it'll take effect anytime soon. I, I don't think we're getting one at all. Yeah, I don't know. It could be anything at this point. Yeah. But okay. anyway, so transitioning. Okay, so the new transition. Um, So they talk about these quarter century secret rares. Right. Are we getting those? Yes, we are actually. So. <laughs> transition. They also announced the Legendary Collection 25th Anniversary Edition. And this is a TCG product tcg only product um for, for those of you who remember the original legendary collection it was like the binder with obelisk cipher and raw in the yes. front it's that as a box yes it literally even the same background on the box yeah, with as like was the, on the binder yeah with like the holographic silver foil with all the egyptian tablet stuff behind it it's yeah it's beautiful looking and i like the tagline of um yg organization did they really just this is how you do an anniversary pack to wizards of the coast yeah talking about the magic the gathering anniversary pack being awful yeah it was really bad thousand dollars for proxies yeah for randomized proxies so i'll just go kind of go ahead and read off this set description yeah one of the most storied Yu-Gi-Oh trading card game items returns for the 25th anniversary of the card game the very first Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game Legendary Collection is reborn as a Legendary Collection 25th Anniversary Edition. It contains six booster packs and six ultra-rare cards, including special variant cards of some of the most famous monsters from the original anime series. In addition to these six ultra-rare cards, which include the highly requested and sought-after original Your Egyptian God card promos, the 25th Anniversary Edition will include a bonus 7th card. This seventh card will offer duelists a sneak peek at a brand new rarity created just for the 25th anniversary celebrations, the quarter century secret rare. Each legendary collection 25th anniversary edition will include one random quarter century secret rare version of one of the six special variant cards to give duelists a taste of what's to come. Legendary collection 25th anniversary edition contains one pack of legend of the blue eyes white dragon, one pack of Metal Raiders, one pack of Spell Ruler, one pack of Pharaoh Servant, one pack of Dark Crisis, one pack of Invasion of Chaos, one Ultra Rare Obelisk the Tormentor, Slifer the Sky Dragon, the Winged Dragon of Raw, Blue Eyes White Dragon, Dark Magician, and Red Eyes Black Dragon, and one quarter century secret rare version of one of the six aforementioned cards, which will be randomized. Yep. So, so basically one of the six cards, you'll be getting two copies of it. 
Yes. And it releases on the 4th of April, 2023. So in addition, the following five booster packs from the beginning of the Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game's history are seeing a re-release to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the game on July 13th of 2023. So on July 20, July 13th of 2023, they will re-release Legend of Blue-Eyes White Dragon, uh, which was the very first booster pack ever released for Yu-Gi-Oh! In the TCG. Yes. And the description here says, for years you could only get your hands on these coveted packs as part of the Legendary Collection, but now, just in time to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the card game, they're being made available as standalone booster packs. Legendary of the Legend of the Blue-Eyes White Dragon was notable not only for being the first booster set, but also introducing famous cards like Exodia the Forbidden One, as well as incredible spell cards like Pot of Greed and Raigeki. This printing will feature both secret rares from the set. The complete Legend of Blue-Eyes White Dragon booster set is 126 cards, which is 82 commons, 22 rares, 10 supers, 10 ultras, and 2 secrets. Metal Raiders was the second Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game booster set ever released. For years, you could only get your hands on these coveted packs as part of the Legendary Collection, but now just in time to celebrate, yada yada, they're being made standalones. This set is famous for introducing many powerful trap cards, including Yugi's Mirror Force, and the first wave of counter trap cards, Horn of Heaven, Magic Jammer, Seven Souls of the Bandit, and, of course, Solemn Judgment. Of course, Metal Raiders didn't leave Duelist defenseless against these powerful cards. Heavy Storm also made its debut in this set. This printing will also feature both secret rares. This was 144 cards, which was 100 commons, 22 rares, 10 supers, 10 ultras, and 2 secrets. Spell Ruler was the third booster set ever released. Spell Ruler first made its appearance of was the first appearance of ritual spell cards, ritual monsters, and quick play spell cards like Mystical Space Typhoon. This was the first appearance of Pegasus's Toon World and Toon Monsters from the Yu-Gi-Oh! animated series, including the beloved Blue-Eyes Toon Dragon. Joining them were powerful spell cards like Delinquent Duo, Snatch Deal, and Painful Choice. So, the complete Spell Ruler booster is 104 cards, 65 commons, 17 rares, 10 supers, 10 ultras, and 2 secrets. I'm just going to say, I don't. many people don't realize this, but Spell Ruler, or formerly known as Magic Ruler, has more banned cards than any other set in the entire history of the game. Oh, yeah. There are so many broken and powerful all-time cards released, and specifically Spell Ruler. It is mind-boggling to think about. All right. Pharaoh Servant was the fourth booster set released. Pharaoh Servant was the debut for Pegasus's ultimate monster, Thousand Eyes Restrict, and it also introduced era-defining cards like Jinzo and Imperial Order to the game as well. Pharaoh Servant made it easier than ever to revive your opponent's monster or to revive your monsters with Premature Barrel and Call of the Haunted, or burn away your opponent's life points with Ceasefire. This printing will feature the secret rares. A complete Pharaoh Servant booster set is 105 cards, 66 common, 17 rares, 10 supers, 10 ultras, and 2 secrets. And in terms of set release order, Labyrinth of Nightmare, Legacy of Darkness, Pharaonic Guardian, Magician's Force, and Dark Crisis have all been skipped, much like the former four, former four were previously for the release of Legendary Collection, but the final core set being re-released is Invasion of Chaos. It's one of the most iconic booster sets of all time. Invasion of Chaos unleashed a variety of powerful cards that rewarded duelists who packed their decks with light and dark attribute monsters. The legendary Blackluster Soldier Envoy of the Beginning and Chaos Emperor Dragon Envoy of the End dominated duels, and spell retrieving Dark Magician of Chaos joined them thanks to the incredibly powerful Dimension Fusion spell card. 
This uh, this the complete invasion of booster set is 112 cards, which is 73 common, 17 rares, 10 supers, 10 ultras, and two secrets. So, Invasion of Chaos is obviously one of the most iconic sets ever released in the game's history. I think it is up there with those other sets that I've mentioned. Things like, for example, Blazing Blue Eyes, Metal Raiders, and it's also up there with some of the other iconic sets from the game's history. Things like Duelist Alliance. Things like Photon Shockwave, Shining Darkness, Duelist Revolution. I think that there's a lot of sets that qualify as game-defining things that really changed everything. Cybernetic Revolution is another one with the mm -hmm. release of Cyber Dragon. And when you look at these things that defined entire eras of Yu-Gi-Oh!, I think that IOC is one of the big era-defining sets. So... I'm fine with them re-releasing IOC as well as the other ones. The, the one thing that kind of frustrates me a little bit is that they are doing LOB, MRD, SRL, and PSV. Yeah, the first four sets in Yugo's history, and then skipping four to go straight to IOC, which they did specify it was because that's what they did the original one. Sure. Which I get, but then I don't remember why they did it originally. Probably because they viewed IOC as a more important set to the game's history than sets 5, 6, 7, and 8. Right. Fair. Here's my issue. Mm -hmm. Labyrinth of Nightmare, <clears throat> Legacy of Darkness, Pharaonic Guardian, and Magician's Force, and I guess Dark Crisis. To a lesser extent. Those have so many of the most important cards that are played in modern GOAT format and even Edison format to an extent. I mean, Trap Dust Shoot, Metamorphosis, these powerful, powerful cards. Reprints of those would have been nice. Right. Is all we're saying. And, and listen, I absolutely, I, I adore the old stuff. I, I do. I'm a huge proponent of retro formats and old school Yu-Gi-Oh!, I love that stuff. I just think that if some of these cards need to reprint, like I, I think that accessibility is an issue for those old, older formats. And even with the accessibility issues that those older formats experience, they are in a lot of ways still more accessible than current modern TCG. But at the same time, I think that those cards need to be even more accessible. Mm hmm. I think that these cards should be dirt cheap, which is not necessarily the popular opinion, but I think that these that the old original versions of these cards are gonna hold their value. Oh yeah, no matter what. Oh yeah, no, that they're it's one of those things where the where most of the people who are complaining that they don't want this are the ones who have the old cards and are afraid of them losing all that value overnight. Right. I think that in terms of accessibility. The value of things, and I, I'll keep saying it until it happens, but Trap Dust Shoot is such a, a huge card in both GOAT format as well as Edison format and others. And Trap no Dust idea. Shoot, on top of only having one hollow printing that's like a $400 champion pack card. Yep. On top of that, it's just i think it's only got three or four printings total and 
they were all from like 2011 or before because that's about when the card got banned so yeah i don't know to me it's just a card that it may not have seen play traditionally for a long time until basically right before it got banned but it's one of those cards it just it just needs attention Mm -hmm. it just needs to be reprinted because it is now a modern staple in time wizard formats well specifically uh uh get edison and goat format specifically well yeah those are the main time wizard formats that are played yeah in paper Yu-Gi-Oh. yeah because i mean there are a couple other ones but but those are all after it got banned so you can't even you know use it yeah so 2014 nationals format is another big edison format or time wizard format that a lot of people love and enjoy and while i understand that it's not playable there that's maybe the third to fifth highest yeah yeah yeah. i think that in terms of most played retro formats these days it's goat and edison well i would say edison first goat second probably plant synchro maybe probably plant synchro third just because of how much pack pushed it yeah and then you look at 2014 nationals is probably fourth hey you know hat format and then after hat format i i've heard of people playing duelist alliance format which I've, would be cool it's interesting right i've heard of people playing dragon ruler format Elo, i always find lob duels interesting yeah, Yugi Kaiba format or LOB format are also interesting formats because there's actually Yugi Kaiba format actually has a bunch of different playable decks. Oh yeah, surprisingly, they're all mash decks because there is no you know archetype or anything like that. But right, yeah, no, there's no archetypes, but there's definitely synergistic strategies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, you can do. Oh yeah, even with just Legend of Blue Eyes, Star Deck, Yugi Star Deck, Kaiba, and that's it. Yes. I, I think I was looking at, I think it's Chaotic Meatball. He had like those those cheap little Ultra Pro deck boxes, right? Mm-hmm. And he literally had built like 20 plus different Edison format decks, 20 plus different GOAT decks, three or four decks for, I want to say, Dragon Ruler, four decks, or it was eight. It was four spellbook decks and four dragon ruler decks. So he could have a dragon, right? Dragon ruler pod. And one of the things he built like 10 decks of was Yugi Kaiba format. And they were all completely different decks, Mm -hmm. which was crazy to me. I didn't realize that it had that many different, I mean, strategies. I mean, yeah, there are staples that all those decks are probably going to have like three copies of La Jin just because he's the highest attack point beater. Potentially, Stuff I, like I'm that. not going to pretend to know all of the different yeah, the, strategies, the very, card yeah. for card. Yeah, but like I said, you can kind of guess at a good chunk of them. Right, right. Last will, ultimate offering, yeesh. So listen, nothing is funnier than ultimate offering tribute summoning blue eyes during your opponent's battle phase. Yeah, nothing's funnier is more fun or funnier than that. <laughs> okay. So for hat format, which is 2014 nationals, he built a dozen decks. Mm-hmm. For baby ruler format, which is just like dragon ruler, 
Like Spellbook and Dragon Rulers. Eight decks. Sixteen decks for Edison. Sixteen decks for Goat. And a dozen different decks for Yugi Kaiba format. Which is... I say a dozen different. It's not a dozen different ones. It's two Soul Control. Two Umi Beatdown. Two Umi Stall... Beat. Yeah, Umi Beatdown. That's, that sounds cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, two Stall slash Mill decks two dragon turbo decks two vanilla beatdown decks and two last will turbo decks i, I bet those vanilla beatdowns are full of stuff like lajin battle yeah Ops, yeah 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 for sure skull red, red bird. bird yeah all, for sure just like a bunch of the highest attack point vanilla beaters you can get with some of the vanilla defenders yeah and the, my favorite part was that over the last he's been doing this over the last few weeks to a couple months been buying and building dozens of decks for retro formats so his LGS can hold Time Wizard events in all of these different formats. And then no one has to worry about, oh, I can't because I don't have X card because it's $30 right. for the he common. Just, he has built dozens and dozens of decks, five dozen decks. Yeah, so it's like, no, don't worry about it. Just come on in, pay your five bucks. Boom, here you go. Here's a deck. Yeah, it's, it's really a huge community thing that he's doing there and it's the huge props to chaotic meatball mm -hmm. for doing that oh, that's such an amazing thing oh definitely that that's that's just cool okay yeah. so moving right along we have uh, two new cards to talk about yep first we have libromancer origin when you have already finished a story but the editor calls for more <laughs> yep all right so this is a continuous spell card you can only activate one card with this card's name per turn you can only use the third effect of this card's name once per turn one when this card resolves you can set one libromancer spell or trap directly from your deck except libromancer origin two the libromancer ritual monsters you control gain attack equal to their own level times 100 and three if a ritual monster or monsters is ritual summoned to your field you can target one spell or trap your opponent controls and destroy it this is pretty solid if nothing Actually, yeah. else just because it's a search essentially for any of your libromancer speller traps which the deck kind of needed yeah 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 so now they can basically just run three extra copies of 10 key for their spells and traps yeah it's literally just 10 key for their spells and traps yeah so they can just run basically it's cool i can have whatever spell trap i need it, it's a good card right and then if you yeah. search like your ritual spell or something you can just immediately activate it yeah just boom go off yeah not only that uh and then if you ritual summon uh you can pop on your opponent's spell traps Yes. On top of that, which is nice. Uh, so next card, I will get this one for reasons. Uh, it's a new Infinitrack card. So your Earth Machine players get a new card. For reasons. It is Infinitrack Road Roller. Earth Machine effect level 5, 2100 attack and defense. You can only see first effect of this card's name once per turn. Huh. This is a Gizmek. It is. That's funny. Not literally a Gizmek. It, yeah. It, one, if an Earth Machine monster or monsters is tributed or banished face up, you can special summon this card from your graveyard. If it was there, where if it if it was there, if it was there, the monster was tributed or banished. Probably when the monster is yeah. tributed or banished. If it was there when the monster was tributed or banished, or hand, even if it's not, but banish it when it leaves the field. Two, an Xyz monster whose original type is machine and has this card as a material gains this effect. All face-up monsters your opponent controls are changed to defense, and they lose a thousand defense. Hmm. It's a level five extender. I don't. I don't know. know but I don't know. It, I don't remember if they do a lot of tributing or banishing their own stuff face up. I just don't know if it's good or not. 
neither do I. Uh, so, editor, please put in that segment from the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure anime right when I said Road Roller. Okay, well, at least take a timestamp down. Yes. Do, just do that. What is it? 29, yeah, like 29 minutes. Okay, so the next thing that we're going to talk about here, and by the way, I think this is an okay card. It's, it'll be an interesting extender, but the deck doesn't really need extenders. It more needs a turn one end board, which it does not currently have. So, okay. Now, I want to talk for a few minutes about something that was recently featured by the Konami YouTube account. And this is one of the most interesting things I've seen in a long time. So we had a new video get. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Posted on the Konami YouTube account. It was ep- it was titled Yu-Gi-Oh! Roundtable presented by Konami. Episode 1, which is the most interesting part. So, the Konami TCG YouTube account, essentially their media people, whoever it is, they they recorded at YCS Pasadena. I guess they got everybody either in a back room somewhere or they got a hotel room or something. Yeah. And they got this round table together of four pretty awesome people, right? So, you, you good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, Mark. Okay. Notes. Because so, I will forget. Yeah. So this roundtable featured Doug Zeef, who obviously is DZ from Yu-Gi-Oh, the you you know the, the yeah, YouTube. YouTube, Billy Brake, Asala, who uh, he says it himself in the video. His last name is incredibly difficult to pronounce, but Asala, who is one of the most accomplished duelists of the last five or six years, and Jason Grabermeyer, who is one of early Yu-Gi-Oh's most accomplished duelists. So for those that don't know Jason Grabermeyer or Billy Brake, because maybe you're not, maybe you're newer to the game or whatever. Jason Grabermeyer was one of the most accomplished duelists. Well, he was probably, probably the first duelist to ever be considered an accomplished duelist, if that makes sense. He, he, he is whom... All others are compared to. Right. When trying to decide if, if a duelist is accomplished or not. Right. Probably not literally, but figuratively. 
So like if you think about Jason Grabermeyer in the history of Yu-Gi-Oh in like like in the span of Yu-Gi-Oh's history, he played competitively from early in the game's history, maybe the second or third set. Yeah. Up until probably around the 5D's era, maybe a little later. Yeah. And eventually he joined Konami as part of the Konami R&D team. Mm-hmm. Now, Billy Brake played from that early era, but he got really competitive and seriously became a well-known duelist around 20, 2009, 2010, somewhere in that range. Yeah. And then Billy Brake became extremely well-known. He got second place in, at YCS Edison, I think. And 2010, 2011, he wins back-to-back YCSs at Columbus, Ohio, and Toronto. Or was it Columbus, Toronto, or Toronto, Philly? Something like that. Yeah. And then he goes on to win back-to-back YCSs again in 2017-ish. Yeah, left on hiatus, came back, right back in the saddle. Right. And then not long after that 2017 back-to-back win and world's trip, Billy Brake took, took another basically indefinite hiatus from playing competitively anyway. To go also work for the Konami R&D department, which is a wonderful opportunity for him mm-hmm. and I'm very happy for him. Now, so you might not know those names, Jason Grabermeyer and Billy Brake off the top of your head, but they are two of the most accomplished duelists in the game's history. Asala himself is obviously an extremely highly accomplished duelist. He has been to Worlds. He is one of the most well-known names from the last five years. And DZF is one of the most well-known content creators in the Yu-Gi-Oh space. And he is, in his own right, a very good duelist with YCS tops and things of that sort. So Mm -hmm. this was an interesting roundtable discussion. And my favorite part is that they titled it Episode 1. This is, I kid you not, an hour-long Yu-Gi-Oh podcast put out by the Konami media team. which. I personally love the thought of. They might as well as at the very end of the video just put the end dot 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 question mark with that episode one thing. So we're getting more. Um, there wasn't a lot, in my opinion, there wasn't a lot of like pertinent information. There's a lot of really cool discussion on how the individual, how the individuals uh, in the round table actually got into the game, their history with it, blah 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 really fascinating to listen to how how these uh how these people got into the game originally uh from you know from little kids watching the tv show from just being at the right place at the right time with the right frame of the right headspace to go this is my opportunity to just take advantage of this game and really make something so what was really interesting to me was hearing jason grebermeyer talk about he was actually more into playing Pokemon competitively. Mm-hmm. And then somebody told him that, hey, you should go on what was called the Mall Tour at the time, which I had never heard of. Neither had I. But I guess it was a series of tournaments that they held at malls all across the country. Possibly like a proto YCS, maybe? Yeah, potentially. So essentially, he would, he went in and he had to, he had like a couple of days before the Mall Tour started to go in and find all of these cards that he needed to build his deck to go on this tour no no no. he did it in three weeks learned the game built a deck and yeah and started succeeding in three weeks 
Yeah. Which, which at the time was possible. Right. It's not not really that easy anymore. No. But but I know. mean, because like at the time, I mean, the most complicated thing, like I think the most complicated card at the time was probably Last Will. Yeah, something like that, or Last Turn. Yeah. Which I don't know if that was more. I don't really know if that was a major card that was a thing at that time, but. Regardless, I, I love the idea of the Yu-Gi-Oh, like the Konami media team putting out this this uh, this podcast, even if it's not real substantial mm-hmm. in what they give us. I don't see us getting this as a regular thing. I, I would love to see this be a weekly thing or yeah, even monthly. Right. I, I would very much look forward to this every on, month. Yeah. yeah. Just once a month. Right. Give it give it to us. On what is this like the third Wednesday of the month every month? That's great. Give it, or, give it, give it to me. Or even like at every YCS event, they have one of these. That also be, I think, would be uh, a good if they're like, we can't do this every month, we just don't have the time, blah blah blah. How about every YCS as kind of a? Sometimes there's two or three YCSs in a month though, which is. But to be fair, if they ha- like, it's Konami. They have the money to have the te- have an editing team on standby for those situations. Yes, so, but it did take them like six weeks to put this one out. Hmm, that's fair. Because this was recorded at YCS Pasadena in November. Oh, that's fair. Hmm. Yeah, th- this took like f- four to six weeks to edit, produce, and put out, which to me is an insane timeline because yeah. we give ourselves less than 48 hours every time we do this. Yeah. We do it in like 36 hours turnaround. To be fair... We are not professional grade by any stretch of the imagination, obviously. Which is that, that true? Um, which I think is also a big part of it. Also, we also we've also streamlined a lot of our a lot of our process to kind of help with that. Also, true. We're very used to putting together a podcast at this point. I mean, we're oh gosh, we we've got to be running up on close to two hundred episodes. Yeah, something like that. Um. But then, you know, we're also not, we're probably also, there's probably like also a lot more on the back end that they're doing with these episodes on top of, you know, the normal stuff that we, that, that we do as well, that they've also done. Cause like once you actually get, oh, there's in- stuff that we don't do that they did. Yeah, 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 exactly. They had at least three different camera shots that they were rotating yeah. between. They had trend, they had, they had like an intro deal with a little transition, I think. Yeah. Which we well, have that kind of, but nowhere near as fancy as that one was. Right, and I'm sure all the audio leveling they probably had all four of the audio tracks. They had to yeah. cut stuff out, things like nope. that. I mean, with I mean, because it looked like that was a more perfect like that. Based on what I saw of that setup, they were probably saved as four different audio files. No, it was probably one audio file with four audio tracks on it. Very possibly, there's no telling. They could have done easily. Oh, we have four one thousand. Yeah, we have like four one thousand dollar computers set up for this. No, they didn't. It was definitely, it was definitely one computer recording four different audio tracks. Yeah, and then maybe a second computer doing the. They don't have a second computer for anything. There's no need. Well, I would have to know what I'd have to know specifically what cameras they were using. I guess that's true. But if, if they you have, but a, knowing Konami. And how much money that they easily could have put into this. They were probably just using some, I don't know. It, it was probably one fairly decent computer. Yeah, for audio. Running, running all the audio yeah. and all the video. And then three 
powerful cam they probably actually just use some of the cameras they used back at the YCS. Probably. You know, so then it's like we already have them, just move them here. Boom. Yeah, the other thing that I think is what they probably spent more time doing was setting up lighting and stuff. Yes, the way more time. Their lighting was actually like a real studio mm -hmm. lighting setup. We have one big ring light that yeah, we use. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's also a lot of lighting. So they also had to probably spent a lot of time, even just before, setting up the lighting, checking, yeah. you know. They probably spent four hours just doing setup. Yeah. Getting audio it, levels even correct. Even that, lighting. They had, like, the special little light meter. I mean, potentially. Yeah. Uh, like, there's a lot of things that they did that we don't just do to us not being professional grade, and they are. Also, but I do want more of this. Yeah, for sure. I I love this. And I sure I don't think they necessarily went went as in-depth as they could have. And I imagine that in the future maybe they get a little bit of a different cast. Maybe. But they probably they'll probably have like the they'll probably like get like Billy Brake as just kind of a reoccurring person mm -hmm. because he's probably going to be at every event. Well, my thing with Ooh. Billy Brake specifically seemed to be more of a lead and a host yeah. and moderating it. Yeah, so I think he'll probably be in the next one. Right. And, then, and they'll probably grab, like, three other people, uh, maybe. I, I think Jason Grabermeyer could be in the next one, too, because he also works with Billy at Konami R&D. That's also entirely fair. The, it might just be, like, them two working together on this thing, and then they just get two big names in Yu-Gi-Oh! from the YCS that just right. happened. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that we could see somebody like Jesse Cotton up there mm -hmm. with uh, with Sam from Team Sam X One. I think they would be a really great uh, uh, a really great duo mm -hmm. because they know each other very well personally. Oh yeah, no that that that'd be interesting to that'd be interesting to uh, see as well. It was particularly if they're already like already You're definitely. I think also definitely going to see Gage Poljack or Tom Box at some point. Oh, definitely. I, I think it's only a matter of time. We'll have to just wait and see how they. Uh, do this for the next a next episode that they do with this. Yes. Um, to see how they're you know, they kind of start extrapolating more information. Yes, for sure. Now, my biggest takeaway though is this is really a breath of fresh air. Oh yes, this is such a delightful, just really wonderful thing that we're not used to seeing from Konami's media team or whoever. This is so such a such a delight for me personally, especially seeing how much effort they put into a podcast. They didn't call it a podcast, but let's let's be it's honest here. It's fifty two minutes long. It's just discussion. It's a podcast. Yeah, yeah. You'd be perfectly fine without the video. Just listening to it. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's um, and this once again further proves my theory that Konami listens yeah. to this podcast. Somebody, somebody at Konami is listening to this podcast, and, and they're going, ideas. they're going, man, I like that. We need to do one of those. That's right. We know you're here. I know we don't know who you are, but we, I, I love you and I appreciate you. Yeah. Let me know if you want to do one of these. We're, we're down. We're totally down. Um, <laughs> no fooling. You should um, see the audio waveforms for when I did no, no, that. No, no, I like I sat it. forward, in yeah. chair got loud. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, but, but, but like, what I like about this the most is that this is content. What I'm used to from Konami is just advertisements, and that's it. There was no, you know, there's no real content. Not like over in the T, uh, not TCU, in the OCG where 
when they release new cards, they talk about them. When Could they, you imagine? They ban something, they talk about Could it. Could you imagine? And bear with me for a moment here. This would be the coolest thing that we, as a player base, have ever, ever received from Konami. Could you imagine them doing something like this with the entire episode being banless discussion mm -hmm. from a couple of R&D team people and a couple of high-level players? Oh, my God. Discussing yes. the most late, the latest banless. Oh, my. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Here's what I think would be amazing. They, so they get there. So they have the people from R&D. They get the play, the two players. Sure. Big name players. And they go, so here's the next ban list. We're going to give you 24 hours. Don't talk about it with anyone to think about it. Mull it over in your heads. Uh-huh. And then tomorrow, tomorrow on our episode, we're going to talk about it. That would be the and most then insane. That's how they announced the, the ban list. Yeah. I personally, that that's like a dream come true for me. I don't see it happening no. ever. But, oh my goodness. That would be such an amazing thing. And who knows, right? The podcast, plus we got the article a couple of weeks ago or last week discussing our ban list. It really feels like Konami's opening up a little bit, being a kind yeah, of... Yeah, which kinda, is amazing. Yeah, lowering the opacity. Right, and it's just... It's just phenomenal. I, whoever, I hope they continue on this path. For sure. And whoever at Konami is making these decisions to do these things, please keep doing them. We, as a player base, love this stuff. It's wonderful. Do not stop. Whoever is in charge of this stuff that is convincing it. people to let to do these things and make these decisions, don't stop. Please keep doing podcasts. This is keep writing great. articles about the ban list. It, th this level of communication is unprecedented, and I I'm just I'm excited to see where yeah. this takes us. Like I had said before, it, this is content, not advertising. It is advertisement, but it's content that is also advertisement. So right. just ads. Okay, well, I think it is time we do some mailbag questions. What do you think? Oh yeah, let's do it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna kind of blow through some of these. So, do you have any tr Christmas traditions that you enjoy and look forward to each year? Ham fair is there any like special thing about the ham it is ham okay so i don't really eat pork <laughs> but kind of when i was growing up i did but when i was growing up my mom used to have this special way that she made the ham every year did your parents have a special way they made the ham oh we didn't really do christmas ham when i grow when i was a kid growing up really no. So it's just like your we, in laws and stuff now? Uh yeah, it's 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 uh my fiance's mother and it's what they do every year. Oh, okay, and you've just kind of adopted it. Yeah. Growing up though, what we would do would be dressing, uh mashed potatoes, sure, like green a beans. Thanksgiving meal on Christmas. Yeah. But no uh, but no turkey. Oh, okay, we we would actually usually have a turkey and a ham at both Thanksgiving and Christmas. Usually, we would just do chicken and dumplings. Okay. Well, your your grandmother makes excellent chicken and dumplings. Oh, so. yeah. My mom's ham that she would make, people are going to think I'm a nut job. Mm -hmm. She would take a whole ham. She would take toothpicks. Mm -hmm. And she would take, like, you buy a can of 
pineapple slices. Yeah, and then she would stick them on the peach on the peach rings. Um, she'd stick toothpicks in, put them on. Yeah, she would take the pineapple rings and toothpick them on all over the whole thing. Yeah, and then pour the juice on it. A whole two liter of Coke. Oh no, I remember. Yeah, your mom made. Uh, your mom. <laughs> you your remember? Mom, yeah. So, okay, so mom, you you did have it one time. No, no, because uh, your mom taught my mom how to do it. <laughs> And then I remember she did that. I forgot about that. Oh, and then she started doing it, it too. Uh, so now <coughs> what my mother does. Oh my goodness. So now what my mother does uh, is uh, I Mexican. Remember that? Yeah, it's Mexican food. Now is what they do: hot tamales, some uh, Mexican chicken spaghetti. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, uh, stuff like that. It's really good. Oh, the hot tamales. They're they're the good ones. So. My Christmas tradition that we always did in my family that I really enjoyed. On Christmas Eve, we always got to pick one present that we could open on Christmas Eve. And then Christmas morning, we would open the rest. But we could go to the tree, find one present, and we would always get to pick. Now, my parents, a couple of years, what they did was they... They took something like a new pair of pajama pants and they would let us pick our present. And we had a habit of going for like the big box in the back. Yeah. So they took like a box, that like a golf club bag would go in and they put like a single pair of pajama pants. in. Yeah. There. So then you. the next year I had been talking about, ah, I'm going for the little one next year. Right? So they switched them. So they switched them. <laughs> I got a rock band set that year in the big box, and I got pajama pants in the little box. Ooh, I was fired up. Okay, so here's how my family did Christmas gifts. On Christmas Eve, you'd open all the gifts from... One side. From from family. Uh-huh. And then Christmas morning, you'd do Santa's gifts. Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, we, just, we just did... We would do, like, Christmas Eve at my mom's parents, and then we'd do Christmas Day at our house. But when we got home from my mom's parents, we would pick one present. Yeah. So that's... Uh, yeah. But that was because we would do... Because what we because I used to live, like, a five... Not even a... Maybe a five-minute walk if you're moseying and not walking from my grandparents. So we It wasn't do, a five-minute walk. It was one football throw. Yeah. But it was a five-minute walk if you were moseying on in that direction. It, it was one good football throw. Oh yeah, one solid hook. You literally couldn't make that throw though because of all the trees. Well, yeah, but it was the, the distance. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, no, no. Um, so we would just go over there, do presents, co- eat dinner, do presents, come back, because in the next morning all the adults were tired and just wanted to sleep. Yeah, of course. So we actually have carried that tradition of the one present. We've carried that over to my son. So how nice. Yeah, right. So. Now Christmas Eve night, we'll 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 all each get one present. But the catch is, we pick his present. Ooh! And so he always gets a nice. He always just happens to open a nice new set of Christmas PJs. Yeah, just so happens that are great for right now for Christmas morning. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie, and do you watch it every year? Uh, not gonna lie, I'm not that big of a fan of Christmas movies, but I am very fond of Scrooged, starring. Uh, I was just about to say his name, and the name the name has gone right as I was about to say it. Scrooge, Scrooged, it, it. Scrooged. Bill Murray, starring Bill Murray. Okay, 
I personally love the Santa Claus. And it's a decent one. So, Scrooge starring Bill Murray uh, is basically a Christmas carol, but Bill Murray being a uh, TV corporate exec. Oh, nice. So, like, I I'm going to spoil, spoil any of them, but I love, but they redesigned the spirits a little bit. And the only, and I'm going to give one example as a minor spoiler because I have to give an example. Uh, the Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come. Sure. He's like the Grim Reaper figure, but his head's a TV. Oh my goodness. And and like his voice plays over the static. It's so cool. So for those that don't know about the Santa Claus, essentially uh Tim Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Tim Allen <laughs> is a toy company executive who his kid still believes in Santa and he's like a divorced dad. And he's trying to like make his kid feel better. He's like, oh yeah, Santa's real, whatever. And then that night, Christmas night, the kid's like, Dad, there's something on the roof. And he goes outside, looks, and Santa's on the roof. He goes, hey, you. And Santa slides off the roof and dies in his front yard. Yep. And then he becomes Santa Claus. Yep. They made, like, what, three sequels? Two sequels? Well, there was Santa Claus. There was the Santa Claus. And then there was... Santa Claus Santa, 2. The, the, the Mrs. Claus. Yeah. And then there was Santa Claus 3, the Escape Claus. Which, and then this year... The robot. Yes. Was that the one with Jack Frost in it? Yes. Okay. And then Santa Claus 3 is... Or, and then there's The Santa Claus Is, which is like a six-episode TV show, essentially, yeah. that released this year on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Just to kind of go along with all of that, which is a cool concept, I guess. It's all about him retiring. Yeah. Or thinking about retiring. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. That's... Like I said, I don't like... I try to watch the Santa Claus movies every year, personally. When I was a kid, I loved those old Claymation, Rudolph. Yeah, of uh, course. Everybody did. Yeah, the classics, Frosty the Snowman. Loved them. Yeah. Got sick of them after a while. I still like Frosty, for what it's worth. All right. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. And Deadpool's a Valentine's Day movie. Okay. Uh, are you a white meat heathen or dark meat Chad when you go for turkey? Both. Han. Depends. Did I buy the turkey or not? If I bought the turkey, I'm getting both. If I did not buy the turkey, I will take whatever you give me uh, free. Truly the correct answer. Whatever you give me. I like white meat if it's not dry. That's the that's the kicker. That, that's kind of the issue with the white meat, though, is it dries out really, real easy. That's why you fry that turkey. Get it thawed out all the way, inject it up real good with Tony Shashri's mm -hmm. Cajun injection, and then, and then you fry take it. it and drop it in the fryer for three minutes per pound. Boom. Mm -hmm. Done. Easy. All right. So, can Santa bring me a new format for Christmas? No. Nope. Sorry. No, only, only, only Father Konami can do that. Uh, why are the Bestial Monsters just the greatest cards ever made? Just won me games against Floodgates because they're just 2,500 beat sticks. Because they're just 2,500 beasts that can special summon themselves for no reason outside of because. The bestial cards are really, like, actually problematic in my opinion. Because, they well, they they don't just restrict Tirashizu. They restrict every light and dark deck in the game. And that's a problem yep. to me. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's very much a case of, yeah, we're going to out-floodgate you. Uh... Power rank how strong each bestial monster is based on looks. Oh gosh, I don't have pictures of them in front of me. Yeah, we'll do. You know what? We'll do that. We'll do that 
at a different point in time. At a different point in time where we have like pictures and we can like look at them and. Uh, what is your go-to present you would always ask for during Christmas? Whatever the most recent video game console was. I'm still get asking for that. I'm getting a Nintendo Switch this year. Woo! An OLED. So, yeah. If if it wasn't Yu-Gi-Oh, what other niche interest do you think you'd be obsessed with? Would be or am? Uh, do you think you'd be obsessed with? Hmm. Because... I'm actually currently obsessed with multiple niche, multiple niche categories, unfortunately, um, and my brain just kind of hyperfixates on one or the other one or right. one of them at a time, uh, and so then you usually I'm lucky that my hyperfixation, like right before a big Yu-Gi-Oh tournament, will all of a sudden turn right back to Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes, uh, but it switches between Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, uh, D- Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Star Wars. Yeah, mine focuses on individual, like, like I'll hyperfixate on, like, one anime for, like, until I get just get caught up with it. That's what happened with One Piece. I'll hyperfixate sometimes just on specifically Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. Just random little things. Football. I, I do hyperfixate on football. Like, when I'm not doing... When I... Actually, when I took my break from Yu-Gi-Oh!, I went from like just kind of side eye paying attention to football some to like religiously watching every Saints game, uh, buying Saints Christmas sweaters. And like, I mean, when the Saints lost in the Minneapolis Miracle, I literally was so distraught that I just without saying a word got up and left my in-laws house my wife was like are you okay and I was like mm, no and I just left I just went home and just laid down I, I it was that bad and I've gotten so into fantasy football like I'm in a hundred dollar a person entry fantasy football league this year yeah. which I got the number one seed in for the playoffs but still like I, I, I'm still into football so actually, actually that's probably my answer yeah, um, I will say this though. Whenever we quit Yu-Gi-Oh back in 2014, mm-hmm. I just kind of turned and just went face first into a just face first into Pokemon uh, video game VGC. Yeah, you were always into Pokemon, but the Pokemon VGC specifically is something that you didn't really do on a competitive basis until we got, like you said, got out of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I just kind of face first into it. Yeah. Um, and like, once you, like, the, the funny part is that like, once I learned it, it's been real easy to keep, to just update it. Yeah. The issue is learning it originally. For Sonny, what's it like being the second pool- coolest person to ever live next to Caleb? You know, it's all right. I like my my place. Second coolest person to live next to me. No, the second coolest person to ever live next to you. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Calling you the coolest person. I misunderstood. I appreciate the thought. I'm not that cool. Can Caleb do the Carlton? I cannot. Oh, come on. Everybody can do the Carlton. You just kind of like... Listen, listen. I'm not white. I'm white. (laughs) I'm too white for the Carlton. Which is saying something. Okay. So, final question. Final question before the Christmas break. Which one of you can hit the whip respectively? 
I cannot. You okay? Uh, gotta go watch YouTube video well, now because I just did it. Hold so. on. I will attempt. Like a, like like arch the arm. Yeah, but like forward, like like you're punching somebody down in the face. It's pretty close, and then you gotta like whip your hair, like like a full oh. like. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're getting there. You're getting there. Except okay. you just punch straight Ooh. out. It's uh -oh. more like a downward punch, like like you're punching a dwarf. Oh boy, hold on one second. Like like he's threatening you with his pickaxe. Nope, nope. Caleb's microphone stand is given out. It does yeah, not want this. Yeah, to happen. it's given up. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hold it. So Caleb's microphone stand does definitely does not want that to happen. So, in lieu of that happening, we're just gonna say <laughs> thank you all so much for listening or watching today's episode. If you enjoyed this, please be sure to tune in next Friday when we give you another episode and then another one episode break because we probably aren't gonna record on New Year's Day either. So Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode and have a great Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all. Take care, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.